Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good morning. How many of the opinion that I talk fast? My wife tells me sometimes I talk really fast. Let me see. Be honest. Be honest. You ain't seen nothing yet because I've only got 20 minutes. <laughs> now, listen, I got to do this very quickly. Um, my, my goal this morning is to spend time talking about the Connect groups because it's extremely important for you to be part of that. This is Connect Weekend. However, I'm going to take 30 seconds. Those of you that came up for prayer just a little, just a few minutes ago, I want to address you. Do not entertain the mindset that the responsibility for the results does not require your engagement. Because sometimes people come up for prayer and they think it's like a magic wand. Abracadabra, and it's going to happen, okay? Now, are there times when instantaneously people do get healed or get affected? Absolutely. But many of you came up with emotional issues. Many of you came up with matters that pertain to your soul. And that is not that easy for something to happen that quickly because you didn't get to where you are overnight. And sometimes in order for change to be lasting, it doesn't happen overnight. So what I'm, what I'm asking you is to do this. Those of you that come up for prayer, you were prayed for. Someone prayed for you. Somebody probably laid hands on you according to the instructions that we have in the Word of God. But now you've got to line your words up with what you came up here for. Okay, and so how do you do that? Well, how do we do that, Pastor? Well, let me just tell you this, okay? What I've found that works in my life is following some of the patterns that we see in the Word of God, okay? For instance, if I came up here for prayer and I come up here for a physical ailment, now, from this point forward, I would say, regardless of whether I feel any different or not, because it's not a matter of what we feel, it's a matter of what we believe, right? Okay, because belief will eventually bring the possession of what you were going after, okay? So now I would begin to say, Father, I thank you that on, what's today's date? June the 2nd at 11, 11 o'clock, 11.10, whatever it is. Uh, I received prayer, and I believe that my body now is responding to that prayer. So in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, that healing is taking place in my body. Amen. Some of you are not getting it because you're not responding. You're saying, well, how can I say something uh, if I have a pain here? How can I say it don't have, I, just, I didn't say you don't have the pain. What I'm saying is, what are you trusting God for? Okay, so you begin to speak that. For instance, let me ask you this question. Um, how many people that are born again already in this room, you feel born again every single day? Let me see your hands. Every single day. There's never a day. There's never a day that you woke up and feel like garbage just like you did years ago. Now, now I'll ask again. So you're getting my point? So just because you didn't feel born again that day, does it mean that you were not born again? Absolutely not, because the born-again experience took place in your spirit, okay? Are you getting this? So those of you that come up for prayer, regardless of what it was, whether it was emotionally, whether it was physically, whatever it is, Father, I thank you that, that my healing is coming quickly. I thank you, Father, that in obedience to your word, uh, we went and got hands laid on me, I was prayed for, and I believe that my situation is changing. Okay, now don't start going the first time you have another nightmare or the first time you get another depressive mood and you start going, well, I guess it didn't work. That's exactly what the devil wants you to say. You got it? Yes. 
God wants us to participate in these things so we learn some stuff. Are you catching this? So that you can hold on to that for the future. All right, listen. In the King James Version of the Bible, the word multitude, say multitude. multitude. Say it again like you, like you actually heard me. Say multitude. multitude. That word appears 255 times in the King James Bible. 30 of those times, the word multitude refers to Jesus being in a multitude or multitude following him. A multitude is a crowd, right? It's more than just a couple of dozen people? Yes or no? Okay, good. Now, we're told that Jesus had compassion on the multitude. He preached the multitudes, and the multitudes followed him everywhere. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Pastors love multitudes. I love multitudes. I love when this place is completely packed out. Who wouldn't? You know, what pastor are you going to find in their right mind who say, you know what, I'd be happy if six people showed up on a Sunday. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We love multitudes. But I also love this, this congregation. And so I recognize that in, this, in the multitude setting, you can be impacted. But in a multitude setting, you cannot build relationships. Jesus preached to multitudes. Um, I think back, well, let me just go into this. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. When Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. Now, you know where this is going. This is the, this is the miracle of the multiplication of the bread and the fish. And the Bible tells us, we can, we can kind of come to the conclusion that about 15,000 people were fed that day with just a few fish and a couple of loaves of bread. So were the multitude, was the multitude impacted by the miracle that day? Yes. Did they get to build relationships with each other? Probably not, because they're in the multitude setting. They're being impacted by a miracle. But you can't build relationships in a multitude. Who got to build relationships that day? I'll tell you who. Jesus and his disciples got to build on their relationship because he commanded them, you go feed them. Here's the bread, here's the fish, you go out. So they work together. As they're working together with Jesus, they strengthen their relationship. I remember just two years ago, it'll be two years in September, we celebrated our 20th anniversary. Many of you were there at the arena in Toms River. We had about 1,300 people show up, okay? Now, let me tell you what happened. I, I, was, in, I was in my glory. I was in heaven. It's like, oh, I, just, I broke down in tears when I saw the room set up with all those chairs, even before anybody got there, thinking we started out with a few people 20 years before, and now look at this place. Okay, but now watch this now. For weeks and months after that, I would run into people. Might have been some of you here. I don't, don't remember. I remember being in a supermarket. I remember being in my chiropractor's office and bumping into someone and said, man, what an awesome service. And I went, you were there? They said, yeah, I was sitting at such and such a place. Said, it was impossible for me to see you. And I'd bump into somebody else. Man, what a party you guys put on afterwards. And, all. and I was like, you were there? So, so the multitude was there. We were able to impact the multitude but the people that built relationships that day were my son Mark and the worship team because they, they were very heavily involved in planning. Jay, who was in charge of special events, along with my son Joe, uh, they got to build relationships with all the volunteers working together to plan. You're not going to build relationships in a multitude scenario. You're going to build relationships in smaller units where you get to spend time together, where you get to work together, where you get to share your life together. Amen? Amen? 
Now, that day of the anniversary, I got a chance to build a relationship. I couldn't build relationships with the crowd that was there, but I got a chance to build relationships with the people back in the cannoli tent. I'm standing there stuffing cannolis. <laughs> and it was fun. And you can go and see the picture. There's a picture of Pastor Joe stuffing cannolis. Okay? So my point is this. We, we need the multitude experience, but we just as importantly, if not more importantly, need the small unit to build relationships. Now, that was 2017. It's 2019. We have another campus now. And if we were to be able to gather all of the individuals in the state of New Jersey that would say, yes, New Beginnings Church, that's my home church. That's, pastor Joe's my pastor. Uh, I either attend the Brick Campus or I attend the Bayville Campus, but that's my church. If we were to gather everyone at this point Conservatively speaking, we'd be anywhere near 16 to 1,800 individuals. That's a multitude. How many would agree that's a multitude? Okay, turn to somebody, it's a whole lot of people. Now, here's my concern and our concern. We do not want this to become a corporate church. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Where, where people are just, you show up and we never get a chance to know each other and stuff like that. That accomplishes nothing. It gets a lot of information out but it doesn't build a network. It doesn't build a family. It doesn't cause you to get to know the people that are around you. It doesn't cause you to benefit from the people that God wants to place in your life for you to help them and for, you to, for them to help you. Are you getting this? So we've assembled a team of individuals just for this purpose that have been trained and continue to be trained to provide a way for you to build relationships, and that's called connect groups. Now, there's an individual named William Bockstein, who is a pastor, it's a funny way to pronounce his name, Bockstein, who's a pastor and an author, and he's been instrumental in writing about the importance of connect groups in church. I want to share with you some, of his, some excerpts from his writings. Number one, connect groups provide discipleship. Connect groups provide opportunities for believers to learn from each other. Discipleship is nothing more than you hanging around with somebody Learning their ways. Now, hopefully, you're hanging out with somebody who, when you learn their ways, it's going to be a good experience. How many have had bad experiences from hanging around with people? My mother used to always say, always hang around with the people that are better than you, not the ones that are worse than you. How many ever heard that one? It's biblical. Now, if you were to read the, the letter that, that Paul wrote to Titus, Titus chapter 2, it's interesting. He literally lays out a plan for discipleship. He says the older women are supposed to train the younger women. The married women are supposed to train the single women. The uh, older men are supposed to train the young men. The married men train the single men. Okay, we're supposed to learn from each other. We're supposed to. You, you, you're supposed to be able to learn by um, being in association with other individuals. Now, at this point in time, I am 18 years old with 45 years experience. Go ahead, add it up. <laughs> I'm in that season now where I've seen a few things. I've learned a few things. There are many in this room and many in this congregation that are in that same season. But then there's others that are, have even more life experience than me. So now at this point, I can learn a lot from those that are ahead of me because, let's face it, I'm heading in that direction. And I prayed because... Uh, 
See, I don't see myself as 63 years old. I see myself on the outside, maybe. But on the inside, I'm about 30. And ask my wife, I act that way. Okay? Now, now, I have had to pray to God, Lord, teach me how to age gracefully. I don't want to be one of these guys that are like 78 years old and still dressing like John Travolta. Okay? So, so I need to hang around with people that I can learn from. Now, for those of you that are younger, especially those of you that are real younger and you think none of us know anything and you know everything, the day's going to come. And anybody over the age of 25 said, Amen. the day's going to come where you're going to realize, wow, these old geezers, they really know a couple of things. <laughs> but you see, if you're not in relationship with anybody, how are you going to learn? How are you going to learn? And why should you strike out on your own and make your own stupid mistakes when you can learn from the mistakes that we've made? So connect groups gives you that opportunity to hang around with a diverse group of individuals so that you can start to learn something, so that you don't have to make those mistakes yourself, okay? Now, in the multitude scenario, which we're in right now, multitude scenario, you, you need to hear the messages. We all need to. I need to hear them. I need to learn them. I, I learn as, as I'm teaching, I'm learning, Okay? But you need the small unit, the connect group scenario to learn how to put into practice what you hear in the multitude scenario. Does that make sense? Number two, the second thing that the connect group provides is answers. Right now, there are some of you that are sitting here wondering about something that was either experienced or something that we sang or something that I've said so far. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I wish I could get a couple of minutes with so-and-so or this pattern so that I can ask the questions that I want to ask. And honestly, in this scenario here, it just, it, it would be out of order. We'd be here for hours. So if you continuously come to just this scenario and never get into a scenario in the connect groups where there's time and there's freedom to lift a hand and to ask a question. I can speak from experience because I run one of the connect groups on Tuesday morning, we got an awesome group of men that come together at 7.30 in the morning. Those of you that are available, God bless you. Those of you that are available, I wish that you really would take, even if you've got to change your schedule around just a little bit. We spend an hour. I make sure at 8.30 we're praying because people have to get to work. I really, really wish you would come because you would, you would get a firsthand um, uh, uh, experience of what I'm talking about. We, we, we're, we're taking our time. We're taking one or two scriptures at a time. We're really getting into it. But we have the time. Uh, and, and, and Fred, you've been there, and, 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 and Don, you've been there, and, and uh, some of the other, Dave, you've been there. And so we have the time in that scenario to raise your hand and ask the question. And even if we go off and, and start discussing something, because it, it's inevitable, somebody over here is going to ask a question. It's going to trigger something on the person on this side, and then they're going to trigger something over here. And so we end up having this awesome Holy Spirit-led discussion. And we leave it around Tuesday morning and say, wow, this is awesome. Awesome. You can't do that here. Now, it's not saying you're not having an awesome experience. You better say you're having an awesome experience. <laughs> but, but, but it's a different scenario for a different purpose. You know, we learned a long time ago, you can't accomplish everything in every service. You just can't. We'd have to be here for 10 hours. And so we, we, we venture to be led by the Holy Spirit so we can accomplish everything we're supposed to according to him in a particular service. But some of you are going to leave today with questions. Now, you're free to email me. You're free to Facebook, you know, send me a private message or whatever, and we'll do our best. But there's no better scenario 
Then in that, in that connect group where you've got maybe a dozen people all coming together because they want to be there. That's also a big component too because they want to be there. And so, so it's an awesome opportunity for discussion. It's an awesome opportunity for you to bring what the Holy Spirit has shown you to the table, which you really can't do that here. Number three is accountability, which is an extremely important thing. See, let me just be real, real, real here and transparent. I sat where you're sitting for about 12 years. I don't mean exactly in that chair, but I, I sat where you're sitting as far as being a layperson that attended a church with someone else pastoring, okay? I know what you feel like. I've been on both sides of the, uh, uh, of the pulpit, okay? Where you're sitting, you want the pastor to believe you've got your act together, everything is perfect, there's nothing wrong, you're all together, okay? Um, and so, so you don't have, you won't, you won't develop the vulnerability and the transparency that you need to really get help deep down where it counts. But when you're in a smaller setting in a connect group where you get to know people and you start to realize, wow, this person really cares, and, and I could really trust this one, and I could trust that one, and I feel safe opening up with this person. Now, you are, now you're able to be a little bit more transparent, a little bit more vulnerable, because let me tell you something. I found in 35 years of being a Christian, you don't receive anything from God until you become vulnerable. Jesus said you got to become like a little child, and little children are vulnerable, okay? But I know, I know you want to entertain your image and stuff, and you want to come here, and you want everybody to think you're great, and you have no problems, and you live up on a mountain in the clouds with Jesus and Moses and... <laughs> And Elijah, okay, we understand that. But, but, but it doesn't accomplish anything if we don't provide the vehicle. And so please, please, you need to get into a connect group so that you can find those prayer partners, you can find those individuals that you can trust. All right, amen? amen. Number four, I gotta move really quick. Number four, evangelism. What do you mean evangelism? Hey, there is, I know in all the connect groups that we've had up until this point, there are people that are attending those connect groups that don't necessarily come to this church. Because they're scared. They don't want to come. They're just like, you go to church? I don't know. You know, the classic answer. If I was to walk into church, Pastor, the whole roof would cave in. Honey, if the roof didn't cave in when I walked in, you're good. Okay? But it could be a stepping stone for individuals on your job, in your family, in your neighborhood, for them to come to a place. You say, listen, you know, why don't you come? We're going to have a cup of coffee. You know, they got really good cake and stuff there. So, all right. so, so that they'll come, and then they'll be able to start to hear the gospel. They'll be able to start to hear how much God loves them. They'll be able to start to hear how they've already been forgiven, that God's not holding their sins against them. Okay? And that may be the first step of the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ entering into their hearts. So connect groups provide that scenario. Uh, the next thing, number five, hospitality. God is the God of hospitality. Well, you pass, you know, I'm a very private person. Well, honey, you're going to have a hard time in heaven. Because God loves company. Turn to somebody and say, God loves company. He loves guests. He loves visitors. He loves people to come and be around him. And so if that's not you, you better start developing that, that habit. Okay? He graciously sets a table before us filled with his goodness. So maybe the very thought of you hosting uh, 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 non-family members, people that you're not close to, um, maybe that can intimidate you. But just allow God to, to like, like, Open your horizons a little bit more, and you, you, you could be missing out on so much, all right? So it gives you an opportunity to develop hospitality. It also gives you up an opportunity to enjoy somebody else's hospitality. Maybe you're going to go to a, to a house that somebody else is hosting uh, the Connect Group. And so it helps you to develop 
that, that, that um, generosity. And truthfully, one of the other things that's really important is prayer. Now, we have prayer available here in the service, every service, okay? But what about during the times when there's no service? You need to have people that you know, number one, know how to, know how to pray biblically, not, oh, God bless them, oh, God bless them, oh, God, well, cut it out. Of course we want God to bless people. But people have more need than just God bless them, God bless them, God bless them. You need to, you need to be around people who really know how to pray. Listen, I've learned... I've learned how to develop a prayer life. I've learned how to hear from the Holy Spirit. I've learned how to even flow with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not from a book, but from hanging around with other people who knew better than me. And so when you hang around with people who really know how to pray, when you hang around with people who develop a a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, guess what? You catch it just being in that atmosphere. Are you listening to me? Besides that, in the past, and, and still to today, I'll come to some of our staff members and say, hey, guys, I need you to pray for me. We need, we need our own group. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are at the temple. They, they, pray, they don't pray. They speak to a guy, tell him to get off his, 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 whatever he, his bed, whatever he's laying on. He's there since he was born. He's never walked a day in his life. And Peter and John get this guy healed. He jumps up. He's dancing all over the temple. It gets the attention of religious people. And religious people don't like when people get healed. They hate it. They don't like it unless God's going to use them, okay? They don't like to see other people get healed. And so this infuriated the religious people. They imprisoned Peter and John. They threatened them never again to preach the same, which Peter and John, I'm not going to listen to them anyway. But the Bible says that when Peter and John were released from prison, watch this now because it's a little phrase. If you're not careful, you'll miss it. It says, and they went to their own company. In one of the hardest times of their lives, they knew they had a group of people that were waiting for them that they could go to. They could say, hey, guys, we're in trouble here. Uh, you know, they're telling us we can't preach. And the Bible gives us the account of one of the greatest prayer meetings in the history of the early church. They had people that would pray for them. Let me ask you this question. Do you have, that kind of, do you have those kind of people? Well, pastor, we'll call you up. What if I'm not available? What if the rest of the team's not available? What if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you can't control? What if your phone's not working? What, if, what are you going to do then? Do you have a group of people that you can go to that already know your situation, that you've been able to develop a relationship with, you've opened your heart, you've become vulnerable, you've become transparent, they know your weaknesses, they know what you're going through, they know what you're facing, and they can jump right in and pray for you. Do you have that? Most people do not. And so a connect group is one of the best places for you to get in, get entrenched in that group, get to know everybody, let them get to know you, because when you're going to need time, when you're going to need somebody there to pray for you, those are the ones that are going to be there and be the most effective. Amen? Amen. Number seven, socializing. Socializing, yeah, yeah. You know, we are tripart beings. We are not just spiritual beings. I'm so spiritual. It's just so spiritual. Let me tell you, in 35 years, I've met some really spiritual people, and I wouldn't give you three cents for them, okay? Really spiritual people. Really spiritual. Oh, pastor, I don't need this, and I don't need a connect group, and I don't need this. I don't, I don't really even need to go to church because it's just me and Jesus. You're a weirdo. I'm sorry. Some of those weirdest people I have ever met in my life, these people that think they don't need anybody else, they don't need to be around anybody else, that social time and fellowship time is just carnal and it's not needed. It is very needed. Jesus spent a lot of time with people. Yes or no? God himself wants multitudes around him. 
So if you think you're in this whole thing and you think, well, I'm just, you know, I'm so much spiritual than they are. Nah, you're, you're weird. You're a weirdo. And so we need to learn how to socialize. Why? How are you? Let me tell you, some of the most awkward people I have ever met in my life are super spiritual Christians. They don't even know how to interact with people outside of church. They don't know how to talk. They don't know how to do it. They can't sit down and have a meal. It's like you get all worried. If, God forbid, you sat in a meal and the people didn't pray and they started eating, right away you freeze up like, oh, my God, the earth's going to open up and I'm going to get swallowed. <laughs> what does that tell us? What should that tell you? You're not socializing enough. You are the light of this world. We are the salt of the earth. How are they going to see the light if you won't hang around with anybody else? Now, you don't let their stuff get off on you. You make sure that you're influencing them and taking them out of the darkness and bringing them into the light, okay? But a connect group is an awesome place for you to learn how to develop your social skills. That is what is so desperately needed in our society today. Because otherwise, everybody, in 20 years, nobody's going to know how to talk. Nobody's going to talk anymore. We're just going to text each other. <laughs> and then we're going to have to have massive healing services for people with carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> you got it? Yes. Now, Pastor, I don't know. I was involved in connect groups before uh, in other churches and stuff, and it gets kind of messy. Yeah, anytime, if, unless you live on an island by yourself, it's going to get messy. You know, even, even in, in, just talking about practically speaking, you know, somebody might come to your house, they might spill a cup of coffee on your rug, they might step on a piece of crumb cake or something in the carpet. You know, it can get messy. But, you know, get a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> you say, well, you know what, Pastor, I've been in groups like this before, and I don't know that I want to be involved in that because it seems like, uh, you know, I remember one group and there was a troublemaker in it. And, and th that can happen. It gets messy. That can happen. And my, my spiritual advice to you, that if you find that you're in a group and there's a troublemaker, especially if you're hosting the group, you very spiritually throw them out of your house. <laughs> if, you, if somebody comes and they turn out to be a gossip and a backbiter and they're trashing this person and trashing that person and trashing the church and trash, you tell them, you know what? Get out. This is my house. You don't act like that. You don't talk like that. Listen to me. You'd be doing them a favor. Because if, they, if they're doing that in your house, that means nobody else has ever confronted them before. Do it. And do it in love. Because love is tough sometimes, okay? But when you deal with people and you deal with relationships and you deal with others that you haven't been in a relationship yet, you're gonna, it's going to get messy sometimes, okay? But I trust that you do the right thing. Now, that little bit of messiness and that little bit of awkwardness should not stop us from accomplishing the greater good. And that is the strength and the, and the, and the sense of belonging and the sense of family and, and the ability to ask questions and the ability to get prayer from people who now you have endeared yourself to and, 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 and they, you become good friends and they're not gonna judge you and they're not gonna talk and they're not gonna take your stuff and put it all over the street. Well, did you hear what this one's doing? No, you need to have a group of people that you could trust. So those little problems that you might encounter along the way, they should not stop you from getting involved in a connect group. Amen? Amen? I pray that you will. I don't know how many are left at this point, okay? But there are some groups that are not capped. In other words, it can go over to my group. If many of you guys want to show up, you can show up. There's plenty of room, plenty of chairs. You're welcome to come. But some of the groups, in fact, the majority of the groups are smaller groups in people's homes. And so we try to limit it to 10, 12 at the most, okay? So please, and here's another thing. 
some of you guys, I mean, I love you, and it's great, and you have a wonderful heart, but in the last semester, some of you people signed up three and four groups. Please don't do that. Pick one. Let everybody else have a chance to get in one of the groups. It meant, again, there's a lot of us, and we have 26 groups this time. Now, the other thing that I would like to appeal to, not only for you to go and join a group, but for our next semester, there are some of you that you know you can lead one of these groups, or you could at least host one. You can open up your door, let somebody else come and facilitate it, teach it. But some of, them, some of the cadet groups, all you've got to do is turn on your, your TV and put a DVD in there, and then we have the curriculum, and you're just really facilitating. Please consider doing that, and if you have the heart to do that, make sure you let somebody at the desk know, and this way they can give your name to Pastor Rick Cardwell, who is over all the connect, connect groups for both campuses, okay? We love you. We hope that you'll take this serious. This is something that we put together for your good. And so I thank you. Do you need to come up for anything? If you need prayer for anything else that we didn't cover today, come on up. If not, God bless you. Go sign up for a connect group. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.